0: Hello, America, and happy Tuesday. We've got a great show for you. Last night, Amanda and I spent some time talking to a lot of people on the front lines of accountability in Congress inside the FBI. Very robust discussion, and we're very excited to bring those to you today. First up, the former congressman, just retired, Rodney Davis from the great state of Illinois. He's going to talk about the roadmap that he left behind for his Republican House colleagues to pursue oversight investigations, including on January 6th. And on the Biden classified documents and so many other important issues that House Republicans will get to this year. Then we're going to talk to Chris Swecker. He is the former assistant director of the FBI for criminal investigations. That's one of the most powerful jobs in all of the FBI. And he has some very strong thoughts about how the FBI has gotten wayward. What he says is. A lot of political appointees have come into the FBI from the Justice Department. They brought their politics with them. They don't have the same blind justice view that traditional FBI agents who grow up in the field and go through the academy have. And that's what's corrupting the FBI. We're going to hear directly from him. That's going to be an exciting conversation as well. And then my good friend Alfredo Ortiz has an extraordinary new book out talking about the role of empowerment in overcoming America's race issues. He's not about victimization. It's not about CRT Critical Race Theory. It's about giving people the power to make themselves better, giving them a rung on the economic ladder and allowing them to climb on their own. Equal opportunity, not necessary equity of outcomes. Alfredo Ortiz runs the Job Creators Network. It is one of the most influential outfits in Washington that represents Main Street America, the 30 million small businesses that hire Americans and provide them jobs every day. As many great economists will tell you, small business is the first economic engine of the American economy. So, three great guests, back to back to back, starting off with Rodney Davis, former congressman, followed by Chris Swecker, retired FBI assistant director, and finishing up with the president of Job Creators Network, and now the author of a brand new book, On economic empowerment and opportunity, and particularly among Hispanics and minorities, Alfredo Ortiz is going to join us back to back to back. That's a great show. We're going to get started right after these commercial messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 Our first guest, he was in the halls of Congress for a very long time, was its chairman of the House Administration Committee, and he knows how this game is played, and also how Republicans are going to be different this time. Joining us right now, the former congressman from the great state of Illinois, and our good friend, Roddy Davis. Congressman, good to have you on the show. Well, Amanda
1: and John, it's great to be back.
0: Uh, I want to start with the debt ceiling because it's the next great battle that Congress is going to have to do. It'll be the next great test for Kevin McCarthy. He got in, he got the rules package, had a couple good weeks now of uh, doing the people's business and having some important votes. The debt package, how should Republicans play this so that the American people are the ultimate winner?
1: Well, my time in Congress, John and Amanda, I always said we ought to leverage anything we can get with any issue that the Democrats try to make into a crisis America has to be worried about the fiscal constraints or lack thereof in our country right now. And the debt ceiling issue, John, you mentioned. This is an issue where extraordinary measures can be taken. We're not going to be at risk for America defaulting on bills that we've already already extended and then need to be paid. But um, there's going to be a lot of gnawing of nationality in the national media. The Democrats and their friends in the media are going to talk about the markets are going to crash. America's going to lift this debt ceiling, but America still has to have a serious debate on controlling the mandatory side of our ledger in this country as we move into the years
0: ahead. Yeah, so important.
2: Yeah, and Carson, you have such a unique perspective, and, and over the course of this show, we have always loved having you on and loved getting that perspective. As we all watched the speaker fight play out, and then um, after that, the the negotiations that took place between Republicans, I don't want to call them concessions because I think that there was a lot of push and pull from both sides, uh, but as the rules package came out the following Monday and Republicans finally got down to business, what what's your purview on all of that, and do you have any advice for the 118? Congress.
1: Uh, My advice is to act like you're in the majority. The American people gave you the majority. Was it the size of the majority that we wanted? No. But for the first time in a long time, more Americans nationwide voted for their Republican candidate over the Democrat candidate for Congress. Take the win. Work together. The Democrats, they can sit back and eat popcorn and tweet about it like they did during the seemingly never-ending Seekers race. But Republicans, I think, are more unified. I think Speaker McCarthy is more, he is stronger now because of what he went through, and especially those 200 governing Republicans that supported him all 15 ballots, now they're working on a rules package that you mentioned. This rules package is really not much different, if at all, than what we operated under when we were in the majority just a few short years ago. There wasn't a lot of gnawing and gnashing of teeth and negotiating, giving things away in a back room. It was an opportunity to come together, work out differences amongst Republicans, and then get something done. I think the next few weeks are going to be a tale-tale uh, few few weeks in Speaker McCarthy's his period as the Speaker, and I think they're going to show the American people how unified and how strong the Republicans in the House are.
0: Yeah, that that is a very important message to send to the American public. Congressman, uh, we were thinking of you just a few days ago. We had the former Capitol Hill police chief on here, Steve son, and he came out and said what you said. The Capitol's no more safe today than it was on January 5th. There were intelligence failures. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was in the loop, didn't give me the resources I wanted. Really an extraordinary acknowledgement, really affirms a lot of the great work you and your team did. What does the new Republican leadership need to do to make sure we get that Capitol? secure, we never have another security and intelligence failure like we had on January 6th.
1: Well, first of all, Amanda, John, I'm glad you brought former Chief Steve Sundar. I didn't want him to get canceled by Nancy Pelosi, when he did job under the hamstring, hamstringing rules that we've talked about on your show over the last two years. Steve Sund is a true American hero, did everything he could to make sure his officers were in a position to succeed, but politics, as he said, and as you and I have talked, got in the way. So, what can we do as a majority? The new chair of House Administration, Brian Stott. Brian is going to work hard, along with people like Barry Laudermilk, to really exercise the oversight responsibility that Nancy Pelosi and former chairperson Zoe Walken didn't do. They didn't want to ask the right questions about why Steve's son wasn't even given the intel when he was the Capitol Police Chief. He wasn't even given the intel that the Capitol Police would be under attack that came in credible from the Norfolk FBI office the day before January 6th. Those are the types of questions that I urge the select committee to ask and the only thing that they did that addressed any ounce of capital security failures was an addendum to their report. Why? Because it didn't make Hollywood happen. It didn't make, it didn't make made-for-TV moments. But that's the truth. And the truth is gonna come out because of my colleagues exercising the oversight, the oversight agenda that we all put together months ago. Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah. They tried to have those made-for-TV moments, though, because Nancy Pelosi's documentary and daughter was there on site when it happened, so that's kind of an amazing hurdle to, to hop over. I wanted to ask you, though, speaking of handling things differently, I remember last August when Mar-a-Lago was raided. We had you on shortly after, and you were always a straight shooter when it comes to your perspective on things like this. But now we have a new perspective because President Joe Biden at the time, vice president, uh, transported some classified documents to various and sundry places. We know as of now, there are two places. What's your perspective on all that?
1: You know, it's frustrating. A lot of people in this country think that there's a two-tiered system of justice. And they look at how President Trump was treated when he was the president of the United States. As a president, you have the ability to declassify any document that you want. to say it's declassified. Well done. You have a process you can go through to make that happen. The documents that Joe Biden had in a garage, number one, how did they get there? And number two, who found them? How? I mean, do you, does he have lawyers at high billable hour rates or high retainers walking around the locked garage and well, all of a sudden they've gotten classified documents? Classified documents that he is vice president when those documents were obtained? could not declassify them. There's a a complete double standard. Where's the rage? Where's the outrage? And in the end, in the end, what needs to happen? There's gotta be better processes for outgoing presidents and outgoing administration officials to make sure that classified documents don't leave the premise. Look, I just moved to Congress. And I can tell you, the last thing I wanted was to have any documentation move out of Congress, move out of my office and come to my house. There aren't any documents here. It should be an easy process to fix, and the federal government ought to do that. But if there's something nefarious, if the Vice President Dewey was taking those documents, that special counsel is going to get to the bottom of that
0: that's amazing. I have to tell you this funny story. I was driving on ninety-five this morning, and there was a moving van, and had a, a made-up sign on it saying, "We don't hire lawyers." I just want to point that out. It was pretty fun, actually. On the side, Congressman, I want to ask you about this. Uh, There's a moment with Adam Schiff that came to light this week. Adam Schiff, Senator Feinstein, Senator Blumenthal, going to Twitter and trying to get Twitter to portray the Devin Nunes very accurate Russia collusion report as Russian disinformation pushed by Russian bots. Even Twitter couldn't believe what the guys are doing i think they call them congressional trolls when a member of congress goes to that length to use the power of their office to create a false story should there be more consequences than just uh, kicking them off a committee should there be a censure a reprimand uh, to remind people that you can't use the office of power that way
1: well i certainly hope that this is investigating i think These issues are are going to be brought to the forefront even more so than Elon Musk has allowed uh, folks to do by opening up these Twitter posts. Remember, the Republican oversight agenda is going to be the top priority of the new Republican majority. These social media giants are going to be hauled in front of Jim Jordan's committee. They're going to be hauled in front of Jamie Comer's committee. They're going to be hauled in front of Kathy McMorris-Rogers' committee. And frankly, I would have hauled them, I hope Chairman Stiles, calls from the front of House administration to ask these questions, ask why there was obvious political bias with these social media giants, and what influence did that have on the electorate? And at the same time, as much... I, Devin Nunes is a great friend of mine. Devin, as much crap as I like to give him personally, didn't deserve the faith that he got because of actions from people like Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi. And then, I hope as more evidence comes out, I hope they're held
0: accountable for those actions. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Chris Swecker is going to join us. He's the former assistant director of the FBI for criminal investigations. Some very strong thoughts on how the FBI became politicized right after these commercial messages. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Welcome back, America. A couple weeks ago on my podcast, I had this extraordinary conversation about the state of the FBI, the state of free speech in America, how the FBI played such an important role in finding the uh, alleged killer in the Idaho college students uh, case. And I figured, you know what, I want to bring this gentleman right back on our show. He's the former assistant director for criminal investigations at the FBI. By the way, one of the most important uh, jobs in the FBI and one of the most respected voices in all of law enforcement. He is Chris and He joins us on the phone right now. He's traveling, but kind enough to beam into the show here. Chris, great to have you on. Hey, good afternoon, John. Good to be on. It is a great honor to have you on, sir. Uh, um, we've done a lot of talk, and I know there's a lot of things that America has to come to grips with the FBI, a lot of things FBI's got to try to fix. But every day we're also reminded of the extraordinary capabilities, work, work ethic, and bravery of the men and women of the FBI. The Idaho case really gives us an extraordinary window into how innovative the FBI can be. When they when they find this murderer, Brian Koberger, it is an incredible use of technology and brain power. Tell us a little bit about how the FBI shined in that case.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're right, John. They, they do really good work on these big cases. We call them specials. And they bring a lot of, uh, professionalism. They bring a lot of modern forensic techniques to the table. A lot of, uh, analytics, you know, artificial intelligence type analytics for case management. And, and they're, they're just good at what they do. They're not so good at political cases. but that's, that's another topic. But what they did here, I think what really broke the case was they took a DNA profile, a good one from the crime scene, and they applied it or ran it up against private DNA databases. And they were able to get a hit on the ancestry of Brian Kohlberger. And the ancestry was, it was uh, his dad, the, the DNA of his dad caused the hit which tracked them back to him. And of course by then, they knew that he was one of the, one of the many owners of an Elantra that lived nearby. He was one of the few that fit the description of the killer that one of the roommates had given. And they were able to track some, do some cell phone triangulation and see that he had been very close to that, uh, to the victim's house about a dozen times since June. So it was, it was just a nice piece of gumshoe police work. It incorporated the three things that I think are the most vital tools in law enforcement today and that's dna cell phone tracking and video uh just harvesting video that is everywhere around us
0: amazing
2: okay so the cell phone triangulation is reliable because i know that it's been used uh overseas in military efforts to track down folks but there was a case in georgia where they said that it's not reliable but that is one of those tactics that the fbi uses reliably
3: uh, you're a little bit uh, I get a little bit of interference, but you asking me if, if it's this is something that they use often?
1: Yes. yes. Yes.
3: Yes. This is new. It's relatively new. It's taken a while for the private sector to build up their, and I'm gonna call it commercial DNA databases. Now the FBI has their DNA database and it's very mature and it's got a lot of you know, anybody that's been arrested over the last fifteen, twenty years is in there. But if you haven't been arrested, then you're not in the FBI's database. But if you've tried to do some research in genealogy and paid for one of these private, uh, you know, in uh, Ancestry uh, or 23andMe and that type of uh, commercial database, then you're in there. And it's fair game for law enforcement to subpoena that information. And that database has built up, and we're
0: calling it forensic genealogy. That is something that the FBI has pioneered. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. amazing. I want to follow up on Amanda, the idea of using phone triangulation, how helpful is it for the FBI, how reliable it is? It, I guess you use it in conjunction with other tools to really be sure it's accurate, but it's used a lot more today by law enforcement than five years ago, right?
3: Absolutely, John, you're absolutely right. It, it has to be used in conjunction with law enforcement techniques. It produces what I call good lead material, it, you know, is it courtroom worthy? Well, you're going to have to have a real expert who can explain the you know, the, the, uh, the ins and outs of it. It isn't exact. There are a lot of variables that, that are involved, and if you're a defense attorney, you can actually attack it if that's all you have.
0: Yeah, great point.
3: Yeah.
2: Amazing. I wanted to ask you, now, now that you have a different view of the FBI, you had uh, an, an amazing and well-respected career with the FBI, but the culture, it seems from the outside has changed do you find that to be true and how if so how does the fbi get back to um to their their original intent their original culture and their ri- original respect with the american people
3: yeah there has been a seismic shift in the culture culture and i you know I it kind of got away from me uh you know i saw it coming a little bit under muller but it was not That pronounced because Mueller was fighting the fight to keep the FBI together, and he knew he had to make some changes, and he he had to bring in some outside elements, and it 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 tended it it's something that he absolutely had to do. But then that got out of hand, and then in comes Jim Comey, and he basically parachutes all these DOJ political appointees into the FBI, and slowly the culture shifts over over Comey's tenure, and. Then under, you know, under Chris Ray, it's accelerated because I think the the type of recruit they're bringing in is more opinionated, more idealistic, more liberal, highly educated, more Ivy League, and they tend to not just follow the facts, they tend to insert their own, their own ideologies, their own opinions because, you know, they they're, the indoctrination that's taking place in the schools these days is if you're, you know, if you're virtuous, and you're highly educated, you can do everybody else's thinking for them. And you can decide that President Trump is not fit to be president, therefore we need to go after him. You can decide that domestic terrorists only exist on the le- uh, right side of the political aisle, not on the left side of the political aisle. You can pick winners and losers. And that's, that's exactly what is happening inside the FBI. I mean, you, you see that some really, really good agents are leaving. It's It's no longer that let's just follow the facts. But I'm, I'm going to say that's at the highest levels of the FBI where we have these political appointees parachuting in. But I think it's
0: beginning to, to sort of percolate down to the street level as well. Chris, it's funny. When you said that first on the podcast, I can't tell you the number of current and FBI agents that called me and said, my God, that's the best analysis of what's happened. We brought the wrong mindset into a great law enforcement agency. We got to stamp it out. Your insights are greatly appreciated by your current and former colleagues. I can tell you that. I got a lot of reaction when you're on. Great honor to have you on. That time went by real fast. We'll try to get you on real soon again. Yeah, I'd love to do it, John. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Alfredo Ortiz, president of Job Creators Network. He's going to be up next. Got a brand new book out. It is a must read. You're going to enjoy what he has to say about America, about Main Street, about economic empowerment right after these commercial messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, Visit AMAC, justnews slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over two million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC AMAC.us slash just news. That's amac.us forward slash
2: Welcome back, everybody. Our next guest isn't necessarily looking out for corporate America, but he's advocating for brave entrepreneurs and courageous small business leaders that help keep our economy afloat. Main Street America. Joining us now to talk about his latest fight in the Supreme Court and all that he's looking to accomplish in 2023 is the president and CEO of the Job Creators Network, a frequent guest on the show. We love having him. Alfredo, welcome back.
4: Amanda, thank you very much. Uh, Happy New Year to you.
0: Happy
2: New Year. And speaking of a new year, you just uh, very recently had a book come out, The Real Race Revolutionaries, How Minority Entrepreneurship Can Overcome America's Racial and Economic Divides. Talk to us about this book, where people can find it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are very excited about this. I mean, it actually uh, stemmed from a testimony that I gave last spring, um, excuse me, last year in the spring of twenty two and uh it basically was in front of the entire House Ways and Means Committee it was they brought me in the 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 democrat uh the head there uh, to talk about uh racism in this country and how racism really is causing this economic divide um, and uh, I was brought in as the witness from the uh, House of Republicans, as a sole witness, actually. Um, and I actually pretty much challenged their narrative that basically was the only way to fix this uh, uh, systemic racism uh, and the racial divide is by more government intervention. And I basically countered that by saying what we need is less government, not more government. What we need is lower taxes and lower regulation. Um, And we all know that this is not just a hypothesis that, you know, I I came up with that says when we have that, we have a great thriving economy. We saw this to be true after the 2017 Tax Cut and Jobs Act passed. Entrepreneurs in particular, minority entrepreneurs succeeded tremendously. When you see the medium growth, uh, excuse me, medium income growth that happened uh, during that time frame, I mean, five, six, seven percent among Asians, blacks, Hispanics. I mean, home ownership, for example, amongst Hispanics was the highest it had ever been. We know that that system, that capitalism works, that the free enterprise system works, and that the worst thing that you can actually do is government intervention and more regulation because that actually just stops everything.
0: Yeah, I love this book for one particular reason, because over the last two or three years, the debate the, the in America has been premised on some ideas that everybody's a victim, that. The color of your skin determines your outcome in America. White people are oppressors, people of color are always uh, determined to be victims. We're trying to settle grievances that are decades or centuries old. You talk about empowerment, you talk about opportunity, you talk about the American dream being alive and well, and you back it up with statistics and anecdotes, but the fact of the matter is, economic mobility for minorities and for everyone in this country is right at everyone's fingertips. It's not a victim culture. It's actually an opportunity culture. It's a very powerful message. How has it resonated since you released the book?
4: Well, uh, John, first of all, uh, thank you for having me as well, and Happy New Year to you. Um, it's, it's actually been great. I mean, the response has been tremendous. Um, I, I actually think this is a narrative that, frankly, a lot of people have wanted to talk about and wanted to, you know, uh, vocalize, but have, you know, they've been afraid in this, you know, cancel culture that exists. Um, but, you know, you you know, my background, um, uh, John and Amanda, I actually grew up poor. I grew up in Chula Vista, California. Um, my mom was a was a housekeeper. My dad was a tailor. Um, on trash day, for example, I would go around with my mom and collect aluminum cans and newspapers and we run over to the YMCA and we cash those in uh, for grocery money. And that was that's what we had for the week. But my mom was also the greatest and first entrepreneur that I ever uh, had met because she also was able to put on, you know, garage sales, bake sales, craft sales, you name it. Right. But she knew how to make ends meet. And so fast forward to where I am today and what I've been able to do. I mean, I was the first one to finish high school, first one to finish college, grad school. I started my own two businesses. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I was named a commissioner uh, by President Trump on the White House uh, excellence for uh, education amongst, for Hispanics. I mean, where else but in this country does that happen? But guess what? You know, I, I was poor. Right. But, but it's, it's the idea that you, you don't have to remain a victim in this country. You have opportunity. And that's why people come here. They don't flee the United States, they come to the United States because of the great opportunity that actually exists. And remember that our founding fathers never promised equal, you know, equality of outcome. They promised equal opportunity for all, right? If you work hard, you play hard, you play by the rules, right? You can achieve the American dream and you can achieve what you want. So true.
2: I love that perspective, and I think that our audience just learned a lot of new, uh, really amazing things about you, sir. Thank you for that information. I wanted to uh, bring up a tweet that I saw yesterday, yesterday by the president talking about how his <coughs> economic plan is delivering for the American people, which is interesting because if it weren't for previous months during this administration, we would have the highest inflation in 40 years. But anyway, it, apparently that message is not getting delivered to the American people because a recent CBS poll found that only 7% of Americans said the economy was going very well. How is this affecting small businesses in America?
4: Well, first of all, I have to say, I mean, this is Joe Biden, you know, gaslighting again and the entire administration. I mean, we've had two years of this, and I actually think the American public is getting tired of it. Um, you, you know, from this perspective, I mean, we all know what we see at the grocery stores, at the gas pumps. Yes, gas prices have come down, but frankly, it's because the demand has come down to something that Joe Biden has really done. I mean, we have to release domestic energy production, period this inflation is killing small businesses and remember amanda that the impact of inflation to small businesses is far far greater than it is to our large businesses because what do large businesses have that small businesses uh, don't have leverage right they have the buying power to have these long-term contracts better pricing uh you know favorable inventory uh when when there's when there's a tight uh, shortage of, of any kind of inventory i mean Large businesses really don't face the kind of inflation that small businesses face day in and day out. And they know it. I mean, and, 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 and quite frankly, especially, you know, let's say our our service sector and our, our restaurants. I mean, they are really, really still suffering from this kind of inflation. They suffered all the way through the covid period. They're suffering now because of the inflation. Um, and they can't just raise prices the way these large corporations, you know, uh, take three, four, five, six six percent increases. Because these consumers, their they're customers, you know, they have limited funds, they have limited availability. And so how much you know, are they gonna eventually pay for a hamburger, $15? I mean, they're not gonna do that. And so you know, these small businesses are really, really getting nailed by Biden inflation. And unfortunately, you know, as much gaslighting as Biden does, for him, unfortunately, uh, the people just aren't buying it anymore.
0: No, they aren't. Uh, One of America's great entrepreneurs, Bernie Marcus, founder of uh, Home Depot, he wrote about entrepreneurs and really picked up the themes of your book in an incredible op-ed. But I want to ask about that entrepreneurialism could only work If the government gets out of the way, you're doing a lot of things to push the government out of the way in about a month. I think you're going to be before the Supreme Court uh, arguing against the student loan cancellation debt, which clearly you you've made a compelling case is illegal. How important is it to keep fighting government reach so that that entrepreneurship can stay on a hot track?
4: Yeah, we we have to fight the government on this. I mean, you know, we fought them, for example, on the on the uh, um, the vaccine mandate that they were trying to push for employers uh, of a hundred or more. And They were saying the our countries again another gasoline, our our, our, our our you know largest employers of our of, of the country, a hundred or more. I mean, that's not the largest employers of our country, right? It was like you know, I always think of Citibank and Wells Fargo and Coca Cola. Right. I mean, this was definitely going to impact our small businesses. And quite frankly, I had actually predicted this. They they were going to take that number down to 50. And sure enough, they were going to try to take that number down to 50. So we challenged them in the Supreme Court. We won that, too. Um, And this time we're challenging them on the uh, on the loan forgiveness uh, program that President Biden uh, pushed forward, because. You know, yes, it's not fair and it's, you know, it's bad for, t- for taxpayers overall, right? But, but you can't take fairness to court, right? Uh, that's just not a legal ground. But what you can take is when they're not actually following what's in the books and in the law about regulations, you know, and when they're putting forth regulations, the American public needs the right and has the right to be able to express their opinions and yeah. provide input. And they avoided that. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah. you know, we're challenging them on that.
0: All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Report. So grateful you can join us today. Remember, if you want to get our daily headlines, it's like getting a newspaper right in your inbox. Go to slash newsletter and sign up today. And if you want to get the iPhone or Android app, just go to the iOS Apple Store or the Android Google Play Store and download the Justin the News app. That way you can watch, listen, and read our best content day in and day and night. We've got you covered 24 7. A big thanks to all three of my guests, particularly Congressman Rodney Davis, Alfredo Ortiz, of course, and Chris Swecker. And a special thank you to my amazing co-host, Amanda Head, who joined me in those interviews yesterday. We hope you enjoyed them. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800-200-GOLD. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. GOLD, or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up plus interest in penalties.